Hey y'all, welcome to my podcast, Broken to Breathtaking. I'm your host, Alicia Olson, and in this podcast, I teach you all about healthy relationships, healing from trauma, and supporting loved ones through abuse and mental illness, particularly with a faith-based perspective. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about discovering your life purpose, and we have a very awesome special guest with us who is joining us today. So let's get into it. Hey y'all, welcome back to my podcast, Broken to Breathtaking. We are talking about your life purpose and how to know what your life purpose is and a little bit about what that looks like. Today we have a special guest, Cheryl. So thanks for being here, Cheryl. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So Cheryl has taught music for many, many years and it has been a huge part of her life. But upon relatively recent events, discovered that her purpose is even more than she ever realized before. She's a mentor of mine and has been a huge instrument in the Lord's hands in bringing me closer to the Savior and empowering me on my own healing journey. So she is going to talk to us a little bit today about life purpose. Wow, thank you, Alicia. (laughs) That was lovely. (laughs) And I love the intro to this podcast, From Broken to Breathtaking. Mm -hmm. How breathtaking is that in itself? That's gorgeous. I love that. All right. Well, I thought we could just get started with you just sharing a little bit about your story, about how you came to the point where you are now. Oh, okay. And you're and you want me to share like what brought me to my divine purpose like this. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to back up then. I was raised in a very musical family. My dad was in a band and from the time I was about two years old on, he sat me down by the piano and would just sing and sing and sing with me. And I loved it. I loved it. And I learned all this 20s and 30s and 40s genre that I was like singing to my friends when I'm in high school. And they're like, how in the world do you know this music? Right. But that that's what my dad taught me. And he was always spending time with me on the piano. And my dad was a fabulous musician, but more importantly, he loved music. Like he loved deeply music. And it was it was just his release. And he didn't do music as a career, but it was just a deep, deep, deep thing for him. So um, that's how I grew up. And then when I was in about the eighth grade, my dad decided to start a band with me and my sisters. So I was the lead singer and then my two sisters sang harmonies and it was absolutely like stunning and breathtaking at times to hear that come together because our voices blended so well together. Anyway, we did that for years and years and we went professional when I was in eighth grade and started singing in bars and not the greatest of, you know, places, but <laughs> but still the greatest experiences is what we had, okay? And mm-hmm. my parents were always with us, and the bartenders were always watching out for us and giving us virgin strawberry daiquiris and all the things, right? Um, anyway, so they were always just watching out for us and taking care of us, and and what what happened through that process was about five years of growing and growing and growing in a professional genre in a professional way and different venues that kind of led to me really wanting nothing else in my life but music right Mm -hmm. and um so anyway my dad um when I was a senior in high school my dad was got really really sick and my sister was married to our piano player and they ended up divorced and the band was kind of falling apart at that point because my dad was sick they were in a divorce and we were all just like uh what are we doing here right it just kind of kind of had a lot of turmoil around it so what ended up happening was my sisters left and they pursued other things and I was standing there kind of in the wake of things going heavenly father what am I doing with my life this is all I've ever wanted Mm -hmm. this is all I want to do and um I went to a dear friend and he, he said to me, hold on, I need to back up real quick. So when I was a senior in high school, my mom came to me one day and she picked me up from school and I drove at that point. So I was like, why are you picking me up? And she was like, I'll pick you up from school today and I just need to chat with you for a second. And I was like, oh great, I'm in trouble about something, right? And it wasn't that at all. She actually picked me up and she in person said to me, there's this man and his wife that had been kind of following us wherever we went for the last five years, right? And they were just dear fans and um, and he was dying and he was in this hospice care 
and he was just like ready to part from this world and my mom said he only has a couple days to live and he has asked that you come sing to him and I had this moment where I was like oh my gosh he's asking me to escort him from this life like that's Mm -hmm. a very sacred moment and I was a senior in high school and I'm not sure I grasped it all then but I knew enough to understand that was a very sacred moment so anyway she said this will be really hard you don't have to do it if you don't want to and I was like are you kidding me mom why would I not do that I would be honored to even be a part of that I can't even believe he's asking that's crazy you would think in your final moments of living of this world that's the last thing you would ask for is for me to come sing to you right (laughs) so I was like just flabbergasted that that's what he wanted my mom said okay we'll jump in the car and I was like oh well where are we going and she was like we have to go right now and I was like oh and she was like your sisters and dad are already there and I was like wait what (laughs) like you didn't think I was gonna say yes but you were like giving me an out but you were saying yes we're all waiting for you so let's go (laughs) So it was just kind of one of those moments that like everybody knew that's where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so I get there and I, and I remember they rolled out his bed and I, and he's laying there in his bed and he's very incoherent and his wife is very s- solemn. Just like these were very sacred moments, you know? And I walked up and I just was like, thank you for asking me to come here. And she grabbed my hand and, and squeezed, and she was like, thank you so much for doing this. And I was like, it's so my pleasure. You know, like, thank you for asking me. And they rolled his card out, and I remember he, they rolled him up, and she touched him, and she goes, she said his name, and she said, Cheryl's here to sing to you. Hmm. And a tear fell from his eye, and like, I'm... T- like, I can't even tell you, there was this, like, this moment of, of, like, oh my gosh, like, this is literally, he knows that these are his final moments, and that the Lord is answering his prayers right now. Anyway, I grabbed his hand, and I said to him, what would you like me to sing? And he said, would you sing Amazing Grace to me? And I was like, absolutely. So I start singing Amazing Grace, and I get through, you know, halfway through the first verse, and tears are just rolling down his cheeks and he can barely talk he can barely do anything he's very much like on his last days and tears are rolling down his cheeks and he's just crying and all of a sudden just a little (gasps) comes out like a little sob right and I was just like oh my goodness this is happening and anyway I left that experience it was so sacred and I left that experience and I was like if I do nothing else in my life this is what I want to create for people. Like that's, that's what I want. And <laughs> fast forward. So I'm wondering, this band breaks up and I'm wondering what am I doing with my life? And my heavenly father brings that to my attention. Like Cheryl, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> He's like, and you already I, had this experience. And I was like, okay, I see. So I start studying music because there's a difference between like talent and education, right? Yep. So we got to we got to like combine this talent with education so that we can become masters of our craft, okay? Mm-hmm. So I start going to school for music and I'm and I'm not saying school is the only way to get the education you need. What I'm saying is that was my way at the time, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm walking this course and I start studying musical theater and I start auditioning for all this stuff and I'm very into dance as well and I just think, oh, well, if I wanna do anything, I wanna do everything, so I wanna go to Broadway, right? So I was like triple threat it. So I start just diving into triple threat everything, triple threat, triple threat, triple threat. And I'm walking through six years of school becoming quote unquote, a triple threat. And I get to the end of that schooling and my heavenly father's like, okay, now here's your husband. And I was like, wait, what? I was going to Broadway, like, like Broadway, not, not husbands. And he was like, no, this is what's next. And I was like, oh, so anyway, I get married and have kids and, 
and I start doing all these things with music that I never thought I would do, like open a private voice studio, open a private piano studio, open, you know, start teaching dance, start, start combining musical theater, start teaching musical theater groups. I'm teaching children musical theater, you know, and I'm, and I'm doing all of these things. And pretty soon I go back and get my master's degree. And then I go back and get a second master's degree in education and I get into the schools and then I'm teaching college and I'm doing all this, all these things. <clears throat> I'm really fast forwarding now, but I'm doing all these things and I get to this place and I find myself in the middle of a divorce. I had already lost my oldest child in an accident, okay, which is kind of what led to the divorce. But I had these experiences that were very deep with God. And as I went through these trials, it was like, what am I here for? And I remember coming to this place after my son died that was like, I don't care to be here anymore. Like, I don't care to live here anymore. Can you please just take me home? And I remember begging my Heavenly Father to take me home. Like, please, just get me out of here. And I wasn't what I would call, you know, going to hurt myself in any way. It was just in this place of begging Him to release me from this life and let me move on to the next. And it was a very, like, sacred plea. Not like a, if you don't fix this, I'm going to, you know, it was like, please, can I be done? Are we done here? Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, sweet girl, you haven't even started yet. And I was like, wait, what? And, and he just said, what I heard from the spirit that day was, it's your choice. And not, it's, it's not my choice to leave or, or stay. Not, that wasn't the choice. It was, it's your choice to be happy or not. Mm. And I was like, oh, that felt heavy. I can't take away the accident of my child right now. Like, bring him back and I'll be happy. And it was like, no. It's your choice to be happy regardless. And I had to sit with that for a very long time. And what I what I came to that day was I needed to start a gratitude journal. And I needed to start writing down everything that I was grateful for. Well, in the process of all of this, right, because I couldn't do music the way I thought I could do music, I was teaching aerobics and I was teaching dance and I was teaching this and teaching that and I got into fitness and nutrition and I got into uh, fitness competitions and I got into all this stuff. So then I was like, oh, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe all that other stuff was just a distraction or not a distraction, but just fun and hobby-like, right, along Mm -hmm. this path. And about... I don't know, maybe five, seven years into that, it was like, what are you doing? It it was like, great, all those things are fun, but your heart's not fulfilled. And I started coming to this place where it was like, what has truly brought meaning and purpose to your life? And I came right back to music. Every single time I came back to music and came back to music and came back to music. So like we have this question, right? Like what, how do you know what your divine purpose is? And it's like, it's that, it's that moment that I had that was like, what do you keep coming back to that has brought you the most joy Mm -hmm. in your life? Regardless of how many talents in every area that you have out there. So I start pursuing opera and I start pursuing this and I start pursuing that and I'm pursuing everything. And I go to Italy and do this performing group in this opera performing group. And I spend the summer in Italy and I come home and, and I mark it off another check. It's just another check in a box that I'm like, Heavenly Father, I've done everything in music that I can possibly do. What is it that you want from me? And it was like, I don't know, Cheryl, what do you want? (laughs) Like it was time, I'd come to this time where it was time for me to co-create with God. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was so mind-blowing to me. And I was like, wait, I get to do this with you? Like, we're going to do this together? And he was like, yeah. (laughs) Like, you get to, how are you going to prepare to become like me if you don't try all these, like, if you don't help me co-create right now? Mm -hmm. And I was like, brother Jared moment. So I was like, oh, I have to figure out how I'm going to light the boat. He didn't just say to the brother of Jared, he didn't just say, hey, uh, go light, the, here, I'll light the boat for you. He said, Heavenly Father, we built this boat that you told us to build and it has no light. Now what do we do? And he was like, I don't know, brother of Jared, what do you want to do? How do you want to light the boat? Mm-hmm. Right? And he was like, oh, I get to choose, right? I get a choice. 
So he goes up to the mountain, he gets his rocks, and he comes down, and he's like, touch the rocks, and he's like, sounds good, here's all my touches, right? Now all the rocks light up your boat. It's just such a cool concept, and, and I came to that place where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the brother of Jared right now, and I have to co-create this with you. Mm-hmm. So Heavenly Father is so good, he's so good, right? Because he gives you all of this, like, moments in your life that he goes, remember this, remember that, and this, the Spirit, like, one of the properties of the Holy Spirit is to bring all things to your remembrance. Remember that one? Yep. Okay. So that's the, that's the goal, right? And he's like, okay, remember this. Okay. Remember that. And I'm remembering these moments of this, uh, hospice care. I'm remembering this moment of a college professor saying to me, quote unquote, Shirley, you belong on stage. <laughs> and I'm, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? And he was like, Shirley, you belong on stage, you know, as I'm making transitions through different programs. So I'm having all of these things brought to my remembrance, right? And God is so good, okay? And he, so I'm, now I'm in the middle of a divorce and this happens all over again, this like come to Jesus party, right? And he says to me, you need to check in with your media because my media, and remember I grew up in the bars and country music, okay? And I've done all kinds of music, jazz, pop, rock I think I've never gotten into rap okay or or heavy metal I guess so but I've done opera and musical theater and all the things okay and so I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like what brings me joy and I'm like literally none of this like literally none of this makes me feel truly deeply connected to God and I came back to that moment in hospice where I was like that I want that how do I get that so I'm in the middle of divorce and and I'm in trauma, like deep trauma. And I was like, Heavenly Father, like I can't, I can't hurt this much. Like you gotta help me, right? Like this is what the atonement's for. Like, help me, not, like not hurt. And he was like, Cheryl, you gotta fix your media. And I was like, What am I watching? It's not right, right? Because I I feel like I picked good shows and it was like, Why are you even watching that? And it, you know, I loved Friends. I love, you know, the show Friends. I love that show is so freaking hilarious. So and it, I just thought it was so funny. And I was just like, oh, this brings me joy, right? And it was like, but the content's not great. Like, what are you doing? And it was this moment where he was inviting me to overcome the world. Mm. And I was like, oh, again, mind-blowing, right? Like this, ah, I got to clean up my corners. I got cobwebs in my corners. And that is not a good feeling. And he was chastising me in a beautiful way that was like, you got to clean this up so that we can get on with it, okay? So I start cleaning up my TV, and I actually stopped watching TV. Just I never watched that much TV anyway, but I just completely stopped watching TV, which I still haven't. I can't even tell you the last time I watched TV, which has not been obviously a big deal in my life. But I cleaned up my music, and that was a big deal because I was mm-hmm. listening. Not like I listened to bad music, right? It was like listening to pop or whatever was on the radio or the top hits or you know the top country hits or whatever it was you know top pop hits well we could filter through a lot of that stuff and just find a lot of garbage (laughs) yeah you know what I'm saying and so so I start like going through this process of cleaning out the cobwebs and he starts just filling my soul with all these musicians that were singing about Christ and singing about salvation and redemption and love and the beauty of Christ in our lives. And I was just like mind blown. Mm -hmm. And he puts these people in our path, right? That are like, take her to this concert or go do this or go do that or go do that, you know? And it's like, I started, my friend invited me to the concert and she was like, Cheryl, come to this concert with me I have an extra ticket and I was like okay and I get to this concert and I have this extreme and it was stars go dim okay (laughs) I I hope if you don't know that group you should because it's a brilliant group anyway so it's stars go dim and I get they start singing this song and I was touched so deeply by the spirit that I'm watching and my jaws just dropped I'm not enjoying myself I'm like having this extreme spiritual experience And it was as if the spirit was like, do you see? And that was my first like introduction to contemporary Christian music. 
And I was like, that's what I want. And then, of course, whenever you get to that place, all this opposition starts coming from all these different areas, right? Oh, Oh, you're not going to make money there. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do this, right? And it's like, oh. (laughs) You start feeling that heaviness of the world again where you're like, I still got to make money and I still got to provide for my family and now I'm divorced and a single parent and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I was just lost again. I got lost again. But I, but now my music that I was listening to had changed. Now my media had changed. And now I was open more to all these new spiritual experiences that were happening. And I'm in my bathroom getting ready for my job where I teach music yet again. And I don't want to be teaching. I want to be performing, right? I want to be composing and singing and, and recording and all this stuff. And I start having all these experiences where Heavenly Father starts just leading me and guiding me, but he's making me co-create with him. At one point I came to this place and I was like, I could open a music school and make way more money than I'm making at my $50,000 a year job. And I had gotten remarried by this point, right? So I, I, marry, I marry my husband, my current husband. and. And he's like, oh, that's gorgeous. Let's do that. And he starts making spreadsheets and all this stuff. And he's diving in. And he's a builder. So he's going to build this building for me. And he's going to do this. And he's going to do that. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. And I live it in my head. I lived it for about two weeks. I was envisioning myself day to day, working in it. What did it look like? What programs am I running? And, And then at the end of the day, it was like, all I heard was, is that what you want? And it was like, no. And, and the answer came, then why? So I get this impression. I've just moved to Austin and I, you know, I don't know anybody here. And I had heard about this wonderful woman doing music. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go take her out to lunch and I'm going to find out all the things. Right. And so I invite her to lunch and she accepts and we sit down to lunch and we have this beautiful conversation. She's bringing a choir and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've done choir. I've conducted choir. I've conducted that. I've, I've done children's <laughs> choir. I started this group at the college. Like I have that experience. I can do that. And she looks at me and she goes, but what do you want to do? Like, could you do that? Yeah. But what do you want to do? Like, what's your passion? She says to me, why did she say that to me? <laughs> She, she should have said something like, oh, yeah, I'd love to have you aboard. We'd appreciate your experience. That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. She didn't say that. <laughs> Clearly, she was directed by the Spirit that day, right? Totally. But, and what she said to me was, what do you want? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. And I remember getting in my car that day from, from lunch with her. I got in my car, and the whole way home I cried. And the Lord was like, just turn on the radio. And I was like, I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> Do you mind? Like, we're trying to have a conversation here. And he's like, turn on the radio. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I turn on the radio. I mean, like, how often does the spirit say, turn on the radio? I know, not very often. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, right? turn it off. Yeah, it's more like, turn it off. Be quiet. Sit still. Exactly. Be still, right? That's not what I got. I got, turn on the radio. And so I turn on the radio. And... Immediately, of course, my station is programmed to this contemporary Christian music. And I was like, this is all I want. And I'm, and I'm having this deep spiritual experience with Heavenly Father. And he's like, you did this. You did this. You could do anything you want. What do you choose? And I felt this overwhelming joy in my heart of like this. I want that. But the point was... Someone had turned music into worshiping God. And I was like, yes, (laughs) count me in, like I'm in. And it was confirmation from the spirit of now go. And I was like, do I really have your blessing in this? And he was like, yes, like this humongous yes, (laughs) now go and do. So that was a very long, a long introduction to my life story. Beautiful story. But that's how I ended up right here. So I started composing from that moment. I started composing contemporary Christian music. And that's where I'm at today is composing and recording. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a powerful story. <laughs> and I'm sure there are people who are going to be listening that are going to really need to hear that because there were so many little details in that story that are just beautiful. So it leads me to the next thing, which is divine discontent because there were several points within your story where you just weren't fully, completely fulfilled, right? It wasn't where you had the most joy and you were an expert in these areas, but you weren't completely fulfilled. So what is divine discontent and how does that relate to our divine path? Oh, that's such a good question. So what is divine discontent? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, what is divine discontent? You know that, you know that feeling you get where you're like, ah, I hate this. I'm doing it still and I hate it and I'm really good at it. Like that feeling that's divine discontent. Or I'm so confused. Why is this so hard? Why do I keep hitting wall after wall after wall? And that is not to say that once you get in your divine purpose, you don't hit those walls. That is not what I'm saying. Okay. But what I'm saying is when you get to those walls and you're like, I quit, I give up or, or I, or you're stalled or you're like almost disempowered, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, um, duh, dummy, stop what you're doing. God is so good, right? He's like, I don't want you to go down that road. That road is a big dead Wrong end, one. <laughs> right? Now, do you have talents that don't equal your divine purpose? Of course. 110%, okay? Can those be very confusing? Yes, yes. And for me, fitness and nutrition was one of those, okay? Because I love fitness and I love nutrition. Mm-hmm. But here's what I found. When I stepped into being a professional at fitness and nutrition, what I found was, I don't want to do this. I didn't like working with people who had no motivation to work out. That wasn't fun for me, okay? Now, do I have piano students that show up not practiced? Sure. But again, it brought me to this place that was, I don't like doing this, Mm -hmm. right? Or I like this, but I don't love this. And then I read this really amazing book, which everyone should read. (laughs) Write it down, guys. Called The Big Leap. That's the book. And the big leap, I'm, so I'm reading this big leap book and it's talking about your zone of zone of excellence mm. versus your zone of genius. And I was like, ah, I'm always in my zone of excellence. <laughs> what is that? I hate that feeling. The feeling of I'm not challenged here. I'm not enjoying this. I'm just getting a paycheck. I'm not loving my life. I am going to work every day and so happy when I'm done with work so I can get on with what I want to do, right? Right. Don't live a life you want to escape from. Yeah, I was doing that. I was living living a life I wanted to escape from. That's divine discontent. Mm-hmm. What was your next question? And how does that relate to our divine path? Ooh, yes. Okay, so the difference between divine discontent and actually being on my on your divine path is that process that I just... Mm-hmm shared in my story, right? It's that process of, did you co-create with God? Did you go to God and say, this is what will bring me the most joy? And then did God say, now how will you use that to build the kingdom of God on this earth? Because that's what we're here for. (laughs) That's what all of our divine purpose is, right? I mean, overall grand divine purpose, build the kingdom of God on the earth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the divine purpose but each of us have our lanes that we have to work toward that purpose. So if your divine purpose is not aligned with build the kingdom of God on the earth, you got to reconsider, you got to refocus it. And that doesn't mean you're not on it. It means have you had that experience with God where you co-create with him and then receive a confirmation from him Mm. that that's correct. And with a and you know when it comes, so don't pretend like you don't, okay? <laughs> because if you haven't had it yet, you know you haven't had it yet. If you've had it and you're denying it, you know you've had it and you're being disobedient. Like there's a process here, okay? And God is so good that he is always constantly trying to tell us and get us back on track. So watch for your clues. Watch how the, quote, universe talks to you, okay? Mm-hmm. That's not the universe, that's God. <laughs> well, I think that's so good. I think it comes down a lot to what you mentioned before about being fulfilled and finding true joy, right? Is, is this, there are going to be so many things that bring you joy in life, but is this where, when you're in a place where this is where God wants me to be, this is where I'm staying in my lane, Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. There's so much joy and like fulfillment that comes from that. And you can tell too, 
when you think about it. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, let's go, let's go do the, do it because I'm so excited to get, I'm so excited to get this done. And there are going to be lots of things that you're excited about, but like what really drives you. Yeah. Right. I think that's And we, and we got to be careful here, right? Because as soon as we get there, Satan is going to provide mm. all sorts of of obstacles for us and we have to make failure part of this process because yeah. it's really like does the lord want me to do contemporary christian music well sure that's the blessing i've been given what's going to matter is that i brought people to christ because they knew me that's what lasts yeah that's yeah. the lasting effect right so you got to make sure that you got the overall arching theme here going on mm -hmm. right how am i building the kingdom of god on the earth and there are so many different ways to do that okay? oh yeah yeah. If someone doesn't grow food, we're not eating. Okay. If someone doesn't grow food, the kingdom of the kingdom of God doesn't grow. Right. Exactly. So like if someone doesn't do music, what are we listening to? Silence. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think anybody loves the sound of silence all the time. Like, that's a beautiful thing sometimes, but sometimes we need music. Okay. Sometimes or if someone didn't need... invent phones, we couldn't even listen to that music. Right. So right. like we all have a different purpose. So just what is bringing you and others closer to God? Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay, so the next is part is kind of the bigger bigger part of it, how to find your purpose. And this one's interesting because this is where a lot of that thought and a lot of that prayer and a lot of that really thinking and pondering comes in, reading your scriptures, all the things. But there are a couple different sources that I wanted to show you guys the first one being from my mentor greg denning who i've mentioned before and i'm gonna mention him again but i was listening to his podcast actually funny enough i was listening to this podcast in the midst of thinking of starting this podcast <laughs> because i was at this point where uh, mom was like lisa you should think about making a podcast this is where other people come in and help you along your path mm -hmm. right but she's like you should probably think about starting a podcast and then it just resonated with me so deeply because for years for me the core of it was always I want to share my vo my voice I want people to hear my story and be brought to Christ through my story like I want to be heard I love that not just for the sake of talking but for the sake of telling my story and helping somebody yeah and Back way back when, when I first posed being like a life coach to my mom, she was like, Lacey, you've never gone through anything hard. You know, <laughs> years pass, and now here we are. And she's like, you should really start a podcast because people need yeah. to hear what you have to say. Yeah. But it scared me. That's where that opposition <gasps> comes in. Oh, that's another way to know your divine purpose. Too. Exactly. <laughs> if something scares you, that's a pretty good that's indication. That's a really good indication. <laughs> Maybe you should do that thing. And, and scary as in, I'm so excited. Could that possibly be, oh, wait, I'm so scared. That's too big for me. Exactly. That's I a felt really like, good track. I was like, I'm not qualified to yeah. do this. I'm not, I don't have a PhD in psychology. <laughs> and the spirit's like, you don't need a PhD in psychology. All you need to do is share what you have learned That's right. and talk to people who have helped you on your journey and talk to people who have expertise, right? But I was still scared and I was like, Heavenly Father, I don't know if this is actually where you want me. Uh, I'm like, I don't know if I'm qualified for that, but then Greg's podcast came in and I got a less and the lesson from Jade Baldwin, which we're going to go into a little bit, a tiny bit later that showed up at the exact same time. And then another podcast from the real woman Chronicles by Teodra Taylor about pain is where your purpose is. That was another huge, yeah, that brings, can I pause you right there for yeah, a second? For that, that brings up a really good place of finding divine purpose too, right? Mm -hmm. Is look, what we go through is not random. No, it's it is preparation, mm -hmm. and that's part of joy in the journey. That is so profound and brilliant. It's it's beautiful, and that's really where mine came in because I'm like, I would not be on this path if I hadn't gone through what I've been through that's and right. have this deep seated desire to yeah. help people who have been through the same kind of situation I am, or help them out of it, or help them heal from it, or whatever. But that's only to say I chose God through my trial. Exactly. Right? Because we don't come out on the, on the end of a trial like that without choosing God no. and have it be a good thing. No, and it takes so much work. Yeah. It, right. You're right. you're responsible for taking action steps towards yeah. your own healing that's and correct. to accessing God and to finding the that's resources. Right. Yep. And then he takes care of the rest. Not just be bitter and angry with the world. Which right? is a choice. That's a choice. That's a choice. That is a One choice option. you can make. <laughs> One option. <laughs> Not a good one, but, you know, you do you, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so Greg's podcast, he gives he gave five, and I'm adding a sixth 
step to kind of working through and identifying what your purpose is. And Cheryl, if you have any thoughts on any of these. Absolutely. Please please pitch in. Number one is identify your passions and identify what things set you apart, what your talents are, et cetera, et cetera. So you heard that in my story. Mm -hmm. You heard that. The Lord pointed me in the direction of music very early, Mm -hmm. very, very early. And then as I stepped away from that and got into fitness and stuff like that, that I really loved and enjoyed, I did not, I felt divine discontent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so you go through and you're like, well, what are the things that really drive me? What do I like lose sleep over? Because I'm so, not because I'm anxious, but because I'm so excited about What am I willing to lose sleep over? Exactly. Where do I lose myself Mm-hmm. And for, and lose track of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can I do for hours and feel like no time has passed at yeah. all? And then also talk about God. <laughs> talk about right. <laughs> and then also like what sets you apart? What are your talents? So and you know when you're going through, you're gonna make. If you're driving, pull over and write these things down. But you're gonna go or bring this back up later. But go through and write these things down. Be like, I have a talent for cooking. I have a talent for being a leader. I'm an empathetic listener. I'm this, I'm that. You go, go through and write down your talents first and then your passions. What am I passionate about? Write those things down and then pick one or two that really resonate with you. And you can do this prayerfully, but there are going to be things on those lists that just really stick out to you. Yeah. Um, step number two is identify who you want to help. So Tiadra Taylor, I mentioned that the pain is where your purpose is podcast. She said something I thought was interesting. She was like, if you fail to let like do your, you do your purpose fully, then someone else is missing out because Ooh. there are people that we're here to bless people who can benefit from hearing our story, from hearing your music, from hearing, you know, from meeting you in some way or interacting with you in some way and being brought to Christ. And if you're not there to do that, what happens? Right. I often, I often think here, I love this one because I often think we sat in an interview just like this with our heavenly father before we left and came down here. Right. Mm. And, and he was like, this is, this is what you've agreed to. Right. Are you sure you want to go? And we were like, yeah, send me. I'm good. Send me. Or we were like, I don't know. Do I want to go? I mean, maybe each of us had different reactions, but I'm certain that my reaction was, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Right. And then he's like, this is not going to be that easy, Cheryl. You know? And then he's like, you're going to be confused a lot. And you're going to be put in this mortal body where you don't see clearly. And you have to fish your way through a lot of fog to understand. And I promise you that if you keep fishing your way through that fog, it's going to lift. That's what he said to me in my interview. I just imagine it, right? <laughs> right. But, but like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what he said to me in my interview. Right. And that's what it feels like. This Sometimes it's like, oh, it's really foggy. I can't see a thing. I don't even know where to step. Where's my photo <laughs> next? Right? That's what it feels like. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's okay. Like, you're like, I don't know where to go. And he's like, I know. Just like Moses, he's like, Moses is like, why are you picking me? I'm slow of speech. I'm a terrible speaker. Like, you're asking me to do what? And he's like, Moses, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to do it with me. I think of the one song, was it, it's a Christian song. I have to find it, and you probably know it, but I don't remember how the lyrics go now that I'm thinking about it. But it's like... Gosh dang it. Must not be meant to be. <laughs> You'll come up with it later. I'll come up with it later. I'll, I'll send it to you later and be like, Cheryl, this is the song. <laughs> okay. But it's an interesting one. Identify who you want to help. So there was, oh, what was her name? The, like, like from the movie Noble, that lady. Oh, Christina Noble. Christina Noble. Uh-huh. And, and she felt very drawn specifically towards helping people in like Vietnam and Mongolia. Or you have someone who is drawn very towards like foster kids. Or you have somebody who really wants to help middle-aged adults with their health, right? Whatever it is, identify who you want to help, like your target audience. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to help? For me, I want to help abuse victims or people who are struggling with their mental health that are willing to put in the effort to work on their healing. I want to help anyone who desires to listen to Christian music. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> like, turn on the radio. How about that? There we go. But yeah, like identify... Who is it? Who do I want to help? And then from there, step three is what do you want them to what do you want to help them accomplish? What's the actual goal here? Of course, the end goal is always yeah. bring them to Christ. Right. 
What's that look like? Yeah. So think about that. Okay, that, there's the key right there. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. I have to define and I have to visualize what does that look like? Okay, mm -hmm. what is the process to get them to Christ? Exactly. That's a huge step in this process. Mm -hmm. and, and, and identifying it for yourself, that's going to tie into your life purpose of what does this look like? Well, what, what do I want? How do I want to help them yeah. come to Christ? How do I want them to... You know, how do my, I help my dear that? friend's mission is declare, define, design. Oh, that's yes. what she has declared her personal mission as, which is so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Declare what you want. Now define it and then design it. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Okay. And then step number four is list the opportunities what things are available. It makes me think of a class my dad taught us about disruptors, entrepreneurs, inventors. There's a time and a place for everything, mm -hmm. right? And there are opportunities that come with it. So we had to invent the printing press before we could ever invent a cell phone, right? Yeah. So what, what are the needs? What are, when is it the right time? Like, how do I do this? Where, who, why identify all of the opportunities that are available to you yeah. in order to accomplish yeah. this? having a music producer, things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But yeah, step number five is the lifestyle that you live and tying your purpose into it, envisioning what is the lifestyle that I want to live. Okay, can I, I'm just going to make a quick comment here because Go for it. remember I told you I spent two weeks on that music school in my head and that's what it came down to. It was like, I hate these hours that I have to work. Like I would be working basically three to nine every day. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to de de design my life in a way that I don't want to live. Yeah, no, don't do that. That didn't make sense to me. I mean, for some, that's great. Like, mm -hmm. there are people who probably love those hours, right? Yeah. But it's, it's not me. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. For me, it's like, I want to live a lifestyle that I can travel. Because mm. travel is one of my biggest passions. Beautiful. I want to meet people and interact with people and learn about culture. Love it. So I, have to I had to figure out what are ways that I can do that. Right. whilst also still helping and it turns out kind of works together yeah. you can talk to people and you can teach people we have opportunities through d zoom through podcasts all mm -hmm. the things to still be doing what i want to do like helping abuse victims and all of that but also be able to travel at the same time so yep. able to tie both of those but that's the life i love that and that brings back that that thought of like god knows our dreams mm -hmm. he knows all of them not just the ones, the, the divine purpose dreams. He knows all the dreams. And he'll figure out how to make all of those work with you if our eye is single to his glory. Exactly. And if you're willing to put in yep. the work. That's right. Beautiful. So, it's it. awesome. So go through your list, guys. Write these things down. Really think about it and pray about it and start envisioning it, what this looks like. And then step number six, which is one that we've talked about quite a bit, but... I wanted to put it uh, in short words, but make a plan with God. And I love how you were talking earlier about being a co-creator, using our agency. Mm -hmm. We're here to have agency. Yep. And God is more than happy to give us guidance and direction and give us the strength that we need and the power that we need to do it. But he lets us figure it out. Partially. Most of right? the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's go back to the brother of Jared, right? Because he's like, brother of Jared, I want you to build a boat. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the brother of Jared's idea. It was the Lord saying, I want you to build a boat. Ready, go. Exactly. And then he's like, okay, Lord. Now, the first step was he had to be willing, mm -hmm. right? And he said, okay, I'm willing to do, but I've never built a boat before. So how, what's that look like? Right? You just asked me to do something. I didn't come up with it on my own. So what does it look like? Right? And mm -hmm. so the Lord gives him this vision of this beautiful boat, build this boat, right? So he does it. He had to be willing and mm -hmm. obedient, mm -hmm. right? So willingness and obedience. Okay, I have to have a desire, yes. and then I have to be obedient. Okay, do you see the steps happening here? Oh, yes. So then he says, okay, go build the boat, and he's obedient, and he builds the boat. And then he's like, oh, we've got trouble. It's dark in it's here. It's dark and we have no air. <laughs> we kind okay? of need to breathe. Yeah. So the Lord says, oh, okay, go do a hole on top and a hole on bottom. Like a submarine. We can kind of envision this, right? And cork them or whatever. I don't know how they plugged them. But plug the hole 
And then when the boat's this way, you'll know to stand up and you'll be, you know, gravity still works. So then you'll know to open this hole up on top, right? And if you're this way, then you'll know to open this hole up on this side, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still the side that's up, right? Okay. So he's like, okay, solution. Ooh, thanks for that. Okay. Well, Lord, it's still dark in here and it's not very comfortable to travel the sea for all these months, days, years, weeks. I don't know how long they're there, but however long, it, this isn't very comfortable. Like we need to light this boat. Okay. Right. And that's when, did you see what it happened? So he gave him a solution first mm-hmm. for one of the problems. And then the second problem popped up and he said, your turn. I'll figure it Isn't out. Isn't that cool? What are you going to do about it? Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he says, okay, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Now you show me. <laughs> and then he makes it possible. Yeah. Because right? brother of Jared comes right. in, he's like, here are the stones. This and is, God's like, boom, This boom, is boom, the boom, solution boom. I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, any of us could come up with a number of solutions, right? Mm-hmm. We would have been like, um, I don't know. Can you light this rock? <laughs> you know? <laughs> But he did. He came and brought him all these rocks and said, can you light these? Mm-hmm. And the Lord was like, I'm God. I can do whatever you want me to do. I can do it. Yeah. Well, it makes me think I just so did cool. a very similar process with a trip. And I don't remember if I've told you about this, but I felt very, very inspired when I was looking at a trip that the Dennings are going on next year. And all of a sudden I saw Jordan, Petra, and the Dead Sea. And that's not a place that has ever been on my radar, not mm. even remotely. And there were other trips that I would be more inclined to go, like the Scottish Highlands, the land of my forefathers. Yeah. Like other things that I would be more inclined to go to, but for whatever reason, I felt so drawn to Jordan. And the more I prayed about it and the more I thought about it, I just had this powerful feeling of like, I need to go there at this time with these people because there are people that I need to meet there that can benefit from hearing my story, that I can serve and experiences that I can only have there at that time. But I still was like, oh, Heavenly Father, I don't know. That's kind of a big ask. I don't have money, and I'm a missionary, so I'm not allowed to have a job or solicit funds. How is this going to work? I spent all of my um, all of my savings on a service dog, so, like, how are we going to do this? But it came up, like, this is, yeah, Lacey, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to be. So he gave that direction, and then I started pondering and I'm like okay Heavenly Father here's my plan and then from there it's like okay you have a plan I'll take care of the rest just do what you <gasps> what happened do. I don't I didn't hear the end of the story are you going I don't know well I'm, I'm gonna go but yeah I'm donating oh no did you see, no wait hold on <laughs> did you hear how she manifested that just just like take note just now I don't know but I'm going that's called mm-hmm. manifestation right mm-hmm. that's what that is it's all over in the scriptures too it's all over I manifested it. I said thank you before it got here. Yep. Right? I will be there late April. Because I know, like, I received confirmation, so therefore. I have lots of stories about manifestation, but we won't go there today. Another day. Another another podcast. Another time. (laughs) But it was one of those things where it was like, Heavenly Father gave me this direction. This is where I need to be. He confirmed it. He's going to help me make it possible. Okay. Can I, I'm going to insert right here. Yes. Because there's this, there's this process by which we've been talking to find your life purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so our job is the what. His job is the how. Yeah. And that's so cool when you think about that. Because you, don't, you no longer have to be so overanalyze how this is going to happen, okay? But you say the what and the why, the big why, right? The big why. And you, then you say, show me how. Mm-hmm. And I have walked through this process so many times. Like I wanted a piano and I was like, Heavenly Father, I don't want an upright. I don't want a keyboard. I want a grand piano and I need it to be about this size. Okay. And it was a little smaller, like a, like a baby grand. That's what I had this space for. Mm-hmm. But I was... But I went looking, okay? So I put it out there, and then I said, show me how, and guess what I did? Went looking for a keyboard. (laughs) Started fishing through Facebook Marketplace, knowing that I didn't have that much space in my apartment at the time. And I start fishing through Facebook Marketplace, and I'm, I'm looking at keyboards. Like electric piano keyboards. What I just told him I didn't want it. How often do we do that? I want this. 
but I'm only worthy of this. So I'll just look for this. No, that's not God. Mm-mm. Okay? Like, when God says unimaginable, it's far greater than this thing that you came up with. Okay? Like, his, he's like, oh, my dear sweet girl. Like, that's lovely. Now let's get you the real thing. That's okay. Nice. <laughs> so I go, and I get this amazing grand piano. Okay? That's how that ended. But back up. I go to look for a car. And I wanted a Toyota 4Runner. And I get to the dealership. And he's like... I'm driving these four runners and yeah, I like them, whatever, whatever, whatever. But what I had always wanted that God knew about me was a Lexus. And I pull up to the dealership in the four runner that I had just taken on a test drive. And I was like, yeah, this one could work. <laughs> and I pull up and there's this perfect blue Lexus sitting on the side. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm turning my head like, staring at this blue Lexus I'm like oh my oh my oh I better be driving this forerunner <laughs> right and um and the guy goes do you want to drive the Lexus and I was like maybe <laughs> and then I was like no no I better not like I know I'll fall in love with it I better not because I only can afford the four this forerunner and it was a, a used forerunner but he was like well let me go check the price on the Lexus I don't think it's that far off and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, let me just go get the key. So the guy goes in, gets the keys, comes out. I take the te- Lexus on a test drive. And I'm like, forget the forerunner. What the <laughs> heck am I thinking, right? But that's God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't show up in a way that's like, oh, this one will do. Just be grateful. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's not God. That's you, okay? Mm-hmm. God shows up like this. Oh, no, honey. I know what you really want. And I also know your price range. So here you go. Voila. Voila. And I bought the Lexus. <laughs> I came home with the Lexus. I was like, okay. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. But there's lots of times when we do that about our divine purpose, right? Oh, yeah. Where you're willing to settle. But don't settle. Don't settle. Don't God settle. is unimaginable. God's not, oh, this will do. That's not God. Mm-mm. Well, the, <laughs> na- the last, one of the last things was I wanted to see, are there any questions on here that you feel like would be beneficial to go over? Um, just to kind of drive your point home, um, just some thoughts. Okay. So some questions to ask yourself, what creates happiness and passion and power within you? Not, well, this is okay. I could probably do this for the rest of my life. That's settling. Okay. But like, what would you lose sleep over? What would you be willing or when, where are you that you lose track of time? Like Mm -hmm. time has no existence in this place. And for me, that was the recording studio. Like I could be in the recording studio for hours and hours and hours drilling and minutely changing things. And I would still be like, okay, let's go, let's go. And everybody's like, whoa, Cheryl, we're exhausted. Like we need to go home and eat, you know? And I could be there for hours and just like dive in, right? The the second question, if time and money and health and other resources were no obstacle, what would you do all the time? Mm. And I love that one because we get so caught up in but I have to make a living. Mm-hmm. Look, guys, if you have an eye single to God's glory, meaning I'm willing to walk whatever, he cre- He knows you have bills to pay, <laughs> right? He's going to create a way for that to make money. Trust him. That's really important in this process, okay? And then what are the things you're happy to lose sleep over? Of course, we just talked about. What ideas keep jumping into your mind? Are there nagging promptings? Ooh, Ooh listen to this one. Are there nagging promptings that you just can't ignore, even though some of it may seem overwhelming or out of reach or too scary or whatever that word is, okay? Yeah, I, I, I know that, that one. one that right? one's so good. Are there nagging promptings? Because that was, you that was for me, that. Yeah. right? Like growing up, it was always like, when I pictured my life, I always pictured speaking, having my voice be heard. But it was always like, it seemed like, no, that's not for me. Yeah. It's too far out of reach, whatever. Mm-hmm. Too much social anxiety, yeah. whatever, whatever, <laughs> right? No. Isn't it funny that, that you struggled with social anxiety when you're supposed to be out there in public speaking? Oh, that Isn't was that intentional. So funny? Or I was suffered through right. abuse, and the whole point of that is to squash you down so you don't talk about it. Right. It's to silence Shame. you. That's the whole yeah, point. Yeah, so this is how Satan works. Shame, overwhelm. And that's why, you know, as we have mentored together, it's like, what does that feel like, Alicia? Mm-hmm. What does that feel like? Well, it feels like confusion. Well, that's not God. Right? Well, that feels like shame. Well, that's not God. Mm-hmm. 
Who is that? That's the adversary. That's not God. Okay, God feels like peace and love and joy and excitement. That's what God feels like. So if if you're not feeling that, you're not you're not there yet. Okay, mm-hmm. you got to you got to figure out how you know what brings you those feelings okay and then the next one is what are the ways you want to serve humanity as in how am i building the kingdom of god that overarching theme of all of this right and then six consider your current abilities what do you enjoy doing that others for others that bring joy and is easier for you to do than other people what's your zone of genius not your zone of excellence okay but your zone of genius what are you Mm -hmm. absolutely this is so easy for me I'm genius at this. Yeah, yeah. What are the clues you're receiving right now? Are you listening? Like Mm -hmm. the the world is pointing you in all these different directions, and God is speaking to you, pointing you in these directions, right? Mm -hmm. And when you know it's God, you feel peace. You don't feel confused or befuddled or whatever the word is, right? Right. Whatever. I love that word. Befuddled. (laughs) Um, The people now. Okay, here I love this one. The people that have come into your life recently may be people you need to work with or help out. How has God prepared you and them? Mm. Isn't that interesting? Can you look back over your life and see how you've been prepared and who was put in your path, even for a brief moment? Right. Yeah. And I told you, you know, this guy who I, I wouldn't have remembered him had he not called me to sing in hospice that day. Mm-hmm. He, is, he was a complete life changer for me. I mean, that's no coincidence. No. And, and it was this quick of a moment. So you got to look, you got to really look for those. Not, and you really don't have to look very hard, right? The spirit brings all things back to our remembrance. So I bet as you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, oh, oh this that, person, this oh, person, that this oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, oh, right? Oh, no, that's too scary. No, don't get there. Don't do that. Okay. Anyway, how has God prepared you? What has happened in your life that, that has been preparatory? Our trials prepare us mm-hmm. for our divine mission. Mm-hmm. P.S. Okay, be grateful for your failures and your successes. What are the failures and successes that have given you valuable experiences? Mm-hmm. Right. Have you had premonitions? Ooh, I love this one. I was about to mention it earlier. <laughs> have you had premonitions, visions, signs, or dreams? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that Isn't one. Isn't that cool? A second ago, yes. Yeah. So, so many times throughout my life, I was on stage and was like, oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> microphone. I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. That's what I want. That feels mm-hmm. so good. So be watch, be watching for those. And, mm-hmm. and I know tons of people. I haven't personally had a dream about my mission, but I've had visions like, like even being awake where it's like, a, it, it just feels like a flood of like, this is what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, the next question on here was, you might have some, you, you might have callings throughout your life, and what do you feel your calling or mission or quest is at this current time, and can that change? Like, I, I believe the mission probably remains, but everything along the pathway is, now what do I do right now? What's the current path? Phase of the mission. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that better. That feels better to me. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. So, I don't know. Maybe people will disagree with that though. that's okay, okay. Um, what's your backstory you know we've already talked about that um, once you've clarified your purpose keep clarifying and designing and defining mm-hmm. and we talked about that already too. right sometimes yeah. you're going to have to reevaluate. you're like okay this isn't working yeah. as well anymore how am I going to readjust or I'm bored yeah. now what exactly yeah exactly making sure we see an alignment God right perfect alright I want to close with just a little message mm. so Cheryl's heard this before. This is the Holy Anointing, and it's adapted from Hannah Williamson, and I think it is so beautiful. But this is what she says. If you are called to mend the brokenhearted, you are going to wrestle with a broken heart. If you are called to heal God's little ones, you have probably experienced your own share of trauma. If you are called to prophesy, you're going to struggle with self-control of the tongue. If you are called to the laying on of hands, you are going to deal with spiritually rooted disease. If you're called to teach and preach the gospel, you will be sifted for the wisdom that anoints your message. If you are called to empower, your self-esteem will be attacked, your successes hard-fought. Your calling will come with spiritual warfare and a sifting. Both are necessary for your mantle to be authentic, humble, and powerful. Your crushing won't be easy because your assignment is not easy, and you can't minister powerfully where you haven't walked out. 
When you're feeling the weight of it coming down on you, run to the Father who longs to be your comfort. Let him whisper your true identity over you while resting under the shadow of his wings. Let him renew your strength and set your eyes forward. Know the oil for your anointing is not cheap, but earning it, well, will be worth it. Mm, I love that so much. Can I make two comments? Go for it. Okay, my first comment is I just wrote a song that got recorded yesterday called Refiner's Fire. And that's what that reminded me of. So I hope you all look forward to that. And then two, remember, remember how Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And what he's really saying is, Father, forgive them. They don't even know who they are. They don't know mm-hmm. what their identity is. Okay, Teach them who they are. Be merciful. And that's this process, right? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Um, and thanks all of y'all for listening. So with that, we are going to close. As always, um, if you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment down below or reach out to me at brokentobreathtaking at gmail.com. I am more than happy to do what I can to help you on your healing journey, provide you with resources, help you think through things, whatever the case may be. As always, have a great rest of your week. I update every other Wednesday, so I will see you in the next episode. See y'all.